last week and this week how to just direct our thoughts, steward our thoughts upon Him. This world is, is an, an incredible place to live, but it's full of dangers and it's full of uh, excitement and it's full of so many conundrums. But here's the one thing that we've learned. So matter, no matter what happens, God calls us to help our thoughts be fixed and focused on Him. Tonight we passed out a, a piece of paper, had uh, my prayer list on it. Any, anybody not get one of those? Didn't get one of those as you come in? A couple of ladies in the back. Brother Corey, deserves some leftovers? Or Brother Ties? Saying, Several, of, several folks missed those if we could make sure that they get them. We're going to have an exercise here in the end of our lesson. And so let me just say that our, our message tonight is as long as you want to make it. Now we can stay here till midnight. I'm good. Uh, and, uh, and if we want to pray for that long, praise the Lord. I hope uh, we have no heights to fall from like dear Mr. Eutychus as he fell down dead. But, and that's good because we have no Apostle Paul here to raise him from the dead. So anyways, but we, I, I'm going to keep my part short, but I want to just have a time for prayer. And more than just a few minutes at the end, I really my heart is burdened for our church and for our world, for our community, that we pray together as a church family. And so we're going to focus on that here in the evening, because as we look at this passage in Philippians chapter 4, we began looking at uh, some important things last week about how we can steward our thoughts and uh, we looked uh, in Philippians chapter 4, and I want to read these verses together, and then we'll do a little bit of a, a recap from last week, and we'll pick up today in verse number 6. In verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Let's stop in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this passage of Scripture. There's so much here, and Lord, that you have just poured out upon uh, the Word and for us tonight. And God, I just pray that you'd help our, our thoughts, our minds, Lord, to be stayed upon you. God, truly, you are worthy of our praise tonight. Lord, you're worthy of our adoration. Lord, you're worthy of our prayer. And so may you just help us tonight as we consider these things. Lord, just to be caught up with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we think about uh, life, life is going to give us opportunities for trials and struggles. And, and truly, uh, depending on your view of God depends on how you approach your trials. Paul had a big view of God, and when he went through his trial, he said, I would much rather glory in, my infirm uh, I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, listen, I know that when I'm weak, he's going to make me strong. Not strong in body, physically, fleshly, but he said, I'm going to be strong spiritually because I'm trusting him more. And so as we consider that, we see that God wants us to steward our thoughts and to, you know, to make sure that our thoughts are his thoughts. And so he gives us some some ways in our life that we can make sure that our thoughts allow us to keep our mind stayed upon Him and our life can be continued to grow in Jesus Christ. And so in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, this is obviously, we talk, talked about thinking with praise here. 
And praise is vital for the believer because we recognize that God's called us to praise. This means to be glad, to be able to rejoice. Independent of the circumstances, we can still continue to rejoice in the unchanging nature of God. And so we see that this is a vital part of, uh, of making sure our mind is right. Because of who we worship, because of the object of our praise, we see that God has called us to keep our, uh, our mind full of praise. Uh, we looked at the example of Job. We looked at several other examples. But I also remember, remind you that no matter the opportunity that arises, we can praise. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so let's rejoice together. Rejoice because of the salvation that He brings. Rejoice because He is the one that we need so desperately in this hour. Then in verse number 5, He talks about, Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And we challenge you to think with poise. The word moderation, I remind you, is seeming mild or gentle, sweet reasonableness. It is a contentment, if you will. It's a forbearance. And, and as we think about the, the context that this was given with Iodius uh, and Syntyche, that their personal conflict and personal dispute was in this context. And he says, listen, even in these situations, make sure that you let your moderation be known. Your gentleness, the spirit of Christ, may it be prevalent. And this is important in our life. You know, in a, in a society, in a time where we see people's emotions just regurgitated all over the place. God says, listen, let your moderation, let the Spirit of Christ abound abundantly in your life. How do we do that? We rest in Him. We rest in His security. We rest in the, the truth that he is, uh, he is the one that holds us and keeps us. We rest in His great and mighty plan. We know that He's got a great purpose and a plan, and we, we're just uh, trusting Him that He is bigger than these circumstances. And finally tonight, I just, we're going to look at verse 6 tonight as we look here and, and, and we see that he calls us, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Think with prayer. How awesome it is that God reminds us of prayer. And I, I know I'm speaking to Christians tonight. I know that we know prayer is important. But as we think about Paul, he says, listen, when you feel overwhelmed, when anxiousness wants to surround and, and uh, envelop your heart, he says, make sure you take it to the Lord in prayer. Matter of fact, prayer is the most, one of the most essential parts of the Christian life. We see that uh, even Christ, who is God, would resort to areas of private prayer with the Father. We would see he would wake up early in the morning just to retreat to that private place where he could spend time with his Father. Prayer was essential for him being the Son of God. It's, it's absolutely essential for us today. And so it's vital for our minds to think with prayer. I, I remind you of 1 Thessalonians 5.17. reminds us, pray without ceasing. Keep those lines of communication open. Be constantly in, in uh, contact with the Father. But he uses three terms about prayer here in this passage in verse 6. The word prayer, the word supplication, and the word requests. Three different words. The word prayer is a generic term. It's used for the action of prayer. Uh, it's, I can, uh, it's deal, deals with that prayer that's addressed to God. It can be a place set apart or suited for the offering of prayer. Now, I'll remind you that we don't give necessarily an offering outside of our tithes and outside of maybe just uh, maybe our lives, as Romans chapter 12, 1 says, that we are living sacrifice. And God says our, our prayer is a form of offering. We bring our prayers to the Lord as an offering. 
Then he talks about supplication. This is a seeking and asking and entreating to God. And think about it like this. In Matthew 7, 7, he says, Knock and you shall, excuse me, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I missed the first part. Ask and it shall be given. I got that all messed up, but hopefully y'all know what it's supposed to be. You got it. Good. But we think about that and we think that these are continual asking, continual sinking, continual knocking. It's not a, just a one and done deal. It's a continually bringing our, our petitions, our supplications before the Lord. It speaks of a persistence and urgency in our prayers. When we go through health crisis or we go through a financial crisis, there's an urgency there. There's that, uh, that, ur- that persistency when we're dealing with someone who is lost and we want them to be saved. And then finally, he uses the term requests. And it's a petition. It's a request of something that may be required in your life. And so he gives us these these different words here that's associated with prayer. And he says, listen, make sure that prayer is a part of your life. And Christian, when we're feeling overwhelmed, the greatest thing we can do is pray. Not the least we can do. I I think about uh, oftentimes we say, well, at least I can pray. No, at at most I can pray. Because when, when I pray, you know, when I, when I do something, I work. But when I pray, God works. And I thank the Lord that we can come to the Lord in our needs. Now, I want you to know that He, he defines our prayer with a, in a couple of ways. First off, He talks about have, making requests without worry first. And so in chapter, verse number 6, in the first part, He says, Be careful for nothing. And this word careful means full of care or to take thought of. The word nothing means not even one thing. It's very deep in that way. But the phrase together is an encouragement not to be troubled with the cares of this world. You know, sometimes we get anxious. We become overwhelmed by the problems that life throws at us. And he says, listen, be careful for nothing. How in the world can we come before God and say, how can he tell us, be careful, be anxious, don't be worried about anything? It's because of who is in control. When we trust that He's in control, we don't have reason to worry. But to see, the problem is we often worry because we think we have lost control, and the reality is we've never had control at all. The Lord is the one that has control. And when we try to assume that control, that's when we worry. One person said, the illusion of control will always develop anxiety. If you go to Rockefeller Plaza, uh, you will find a famous statue of uh, Atlas. And this sculpture depicts the Greek uh, titan uh, holding the heaven, actually holding the world on his shoulders, and he's bowed under the weight of all that he's trying to, to carry. And you can see the muscles bulging and the strain, uh, the strain of it from the veins that are popping in this sculpture. And this statue, to me, is a very vivid picture of the fruitless efforts that we uh, take upon ourselves to try to carry the world on our shoulders by being full of worry. It overwhelms us. It can destroy the joy in the life of the believer. Our natural tendency is to worry because we want control. Our natural tendency is to worry, but worry is detrimental to our growth in faith. Psalms 56.3 is a verse that I taught my daughter when she was struggling with a few uh, times of, of just fear. And it says simply, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What a great thing to be reminded of. It's not a, a, a verse for children. Amen. 
Our worries are much bigger today than my little daughter's were. You know, our worries today are our worries of health and finances and our children and our grandchildren. If you have grandchildren, our worries are of tomorrow, of the election, of all of these different things. We worry about all of these things. And may I just say, God says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Who do you trust in? My wife's favorite verse, and I quote it often, uh, and she has it posted around our house, is Proverbs 3, 5, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord always. No. I don't know where my brain went today, but it's not connected to my shoulders. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And we think about this truth and God says, listen, uh, faith conquers our fear because faith and fear cannot cohabitate. They cannot live together in your heart. And so God says, listen, are you going to fear or are you going to have faith? Let me share some truths about anxieties. Anxiety takes your thoughts captive. That's all you can think about. You ever been worried about something? And that's all that that consumes you. You can't think about the Lord because your anxiety takes number one place. Anxiety is worry, and and worry is sin because it's a lack of trust and it's pride. You boil it down to its bottom source, and really it's, I want control. I am the one that must fix this problem. That's what anxiety brings us. Worry is a mental state you actively or passively accept. You can choose to not be worried. You can choose to say, God, I'm going to put this on your shoulders. God, I'm going to give you this problem in my life, and I'm going to trust you with it. I can't do it. Many has been the time where I have labored over an issue, and God says, what are you doing? Why are you trying to carry something that belongs to me? Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's he talking about? Bring those anxieties, bring those worries, bring those cares to me. He says, because I'm the God of peace. Worry is a sin to be repented of because it shows no faith. Philippians 4, 6 teaches us to turn every care into a prayer. Why can we, how can we do that? How can we turn these cares, the anxieties, how can we turn these things into prayer? Because 1 Peter 5, 7 teaches us that God cares. He's, he, he, he genuinely is in love enough with you that He cares about the problems that you're walking through right now. But there's another aspect of this prayer. So He tells, teaches us, make your requests without worry. But He also says, make your requests with thanksgiving. And we talked about rejoicing last week and, and how exciting it is to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But he says even greater than that, to have thanksgiving in our prayer. And, and I look at uh, in verse number 6, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. He says, With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How appropriate that verse 17 says, I pray without ceasing. And then verse 18, he says, in everything give thanks. They both go hand in hand. When we come to the Lord, if we, we uh, just come with all of our problems and, and we rub that genie's lamp and we say, God, I want this, boom, and I want this, boom, and I want this. But we never have a spirit of thanksgiving. We've missed one of the greatest blessings of our life. Closely related with rejoicing is a spirit of thanksgiving. Randy Alcorn said, Gratitude never comes from avoiding difficulty, but from finding yourself sustained through it. 
What a blessing to know that God sustains you in your difficulty. That when you're going through a trial, that when you're going through something that seems insurmountable, that God says, listen, you're not alone in this. And so let's thank the Lord. Charles Spurgeon said this, Doth not all nature round me praise God? If I were silent, I should be an exception to the universe. Doth not the thunder praise Him as it rolls like drums in the march of the God of armies? Do not the mountains praise Him when the woods upon their summits wave in adoration? Do not the lightning write His name in letters of fire? Hath not the whole earth a voice? And shall, shall I, can I, be silent? The instruction is that every situation to praise, to be thankful of thanksgiving, Matter of fact, if you will turn to Psalms chapter 100 with me, I want to just to point out to a reminder to you this evening. It will not be on the screen. You'll actually need to turn your Bibles there with me in Psalms 100. Because God has called us to continue to even enter into His gates with thanksgiving. I don't want anything else in this world to drown out our thanksgiving. When we come together to sing, church, my, my, just let me encourage you, let's sing. Uh, let's not mumble our praise, but let's shout it. Let's let the rooftops echo at Hillside Baptist Church with this, the voice of thanksgiving when we come into the house of the Lord. And I don't care. Look at verse number one. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all your lands. How many of you make a joyful noise when you sing? Hallelujah. If you're just making a noise, you've only got half of the blessing. Make it joyful. At least your neighbor will say, at least they're enjoying themselves. I'm not. <laughs> you know, bring that, that voice. Let it lift up the, the loud hosannas to the king. I tell you, let us be the ones that, are, that come into the house of the Lord with great thanksgiving and praise. And let's make a joyful noise into the Lord. And if you make a pretty sound, try to drown out that neighbor that cannot sing for the hoot. Amen. That's making the noise. You lift it up louder so that they can sing louder too. Verse number two says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Listen, this is an instruction from God. Listen, if, the, if the, our, our government ever tells us, stop your singing, let me just say, we're going to have one of the greatest singing services we've ever had at Hillside Baptist Church. But let us not wait until then. Let's not wait until we're, that right is tried to be stripped away from us. Let's sing now. Let's lift it up. House churches in China whisper their praises to God. We have the privilege, uh, Hillside, to be able to lift our praises and to be able to say, how great is our God and great is thy faithfulness and, and thank God I am free and these great hymns of the faith and amazing grace, how sweet the sound and what never should we come before His, His presence with just timidity on our lips. Well, I'm afraid my neighbor won't like it. Who cares what your neighbor thinks? Right? Amen? If, you're, if your voice is not good, I don't care. God doesn't care. Just lift it up. That's the point here. He says, come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Because when we sing and we lift up our voice to the Lord, we're reminding ourselves and we're tearing, telling our inner spirit, listen, you are still God of my life no matter what may come. And that's why he says, make your request with thanksgiving. Even in my own prayer time, there's times where I just come before the Lord with singing and I say, Lord, I just got to lift up my voice to you today. I've got to sing that great is thy faithfulness. I've got to be able to lift you up here at this moment because, Lord, my heart needs to be reminded that you are the Lord. 
Because here's what he says, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. You see, sometimes we get full of self. And we say, God, I've got to fix this problem, and I've got this problem, and I've got this going on, and, and I've got all these things to fix. And, and so we get full of anxiety and full of worry, and, say, and I'm overwhelmed with all of these different things. And let me just say, come before the Lord with singing. Know ye that, he, that the Lord, He is God. And then He says, we are, who do we belong to? We are His people. We're the sheep of His pasture. Therefore, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Church, what a blessing it is to be thankful for the Lord. What a blessing it is to enter into the gates of, of the house of the Lord, enter into His presence when we come before Him in prayer, enter into our family devotions with thanksgiving through song. Let us be thankful and bless His name. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that truth. And so he says, make a joyful noise. It says, continue to let your request be made known with thanksgiving. Church, when, when we're feeling overwhelmed and we feel like we just can't continue any longer and it seems like the whole world is crashing down upon me, the Bible says, think with prayer. Put your mind on Him. Not on your worries or your anxieties, but on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Remember, He is the Lord. Now, as we finish tonight, things are going to be a little bit different. And instead of a standard, maybe, altar call, um, and let me just say I want to do things a little different tonight. Sometimes, uh, if, if we're honest, we believe in prayer, but sometimes, somebody else besides me say, sometimes the practice of prayer can be a difficult discipline to, to engage in. Okay, good. Well, tonight, I think we'd all also agree prayer is essential. It's one of those things that we absolutely need, but sometimes everything else gets in the way of it. I, I, I hate how the devil says, oh, you've got this to do and this to do and this to do, and, and what we, we do, we, we say, well, I'll get to prayer later. Well, how about now? Let's pray now. Maybe you didn't get a chance to be with the Lord today and spend some time in prayer, so I, let's do that right now. I, I gave you a sheet, uh, and I wanted everyone to have a, a, piece, a sheet, and hopefully you have a pen, you can take some notes, and and, and what we want to do is we want you to take a minute and I want you to think about every one of those categories in your life. Something you can be thankful for. Someone you can pray for for salvation. Someone that uh, maybe has a health need besides yourself. I'm going to take, give you just a few minutes to think through those here this evening.